Okay, uh, welcome to Facebook Live. I'm just going to make sure we are Facebook Live. And guys, introduce yourself. My name is Rue. I work in the Hanbu Dojo in Dublin. Uh, I teach full time, except for when I, you know, we're in lockdown and I teach my classes online in Roscommon, which is where I am now. Uh, my name is uh, AJ. Well, Odrus Janoszalska, that's my real name. <laughs> in case yes. you're wondering, I'm teaching in Humble Dojo full time, I think already four years. Uh, yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Ross Stewart. I've been teaching at the Dojo for five years now, a little over five years. Um, I'm Scott Sensi's favourite. <laughs> 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 I'm uh, I'm Simon Sensei. I don't know who Ross is. Okay, we're gonna start. Let's start. So uh, we got loads of questions to get through. Okay, question number one from Chrissy Howard. Many karateka will envy your positions and believe you are living the dream, karate dream. What? Uh, but with all types of employment, there will be some elements of struggle. Can each of you give me one example of what is great? about uh, what you do and what is most challenging. Uh, what's the worst thing about my job? And if it's about us picking on you, we will ramp it up to a <laughs> level you've never seen before in your life. <laughs> no, because that can happen. That can happen in any job situation. Like workplace bullying is a real problem. Um, <laughs> but it's, it doesn't exactly pertain to my job, but living in Dublin in general, uh, you know, there's no point having a car. It's, it sucks up your money. So I, I don't have a car nice. and uh, I, I spend a lot of time on my bicycle cycling from class to class, just like Scott Sensi used to do back in the day before you bring it up. <laughs> but I've been doing this job nearly two years now and I'm on my bike every single day cycling from class to class. And sometimes I get very, very wet, although it does have, an, have its advantages as well. Like it keeps me extra fit. And uh, yeah, so that the, the traveling, getting wet because it rains a lot, obviously in Ireland. So getting wet on my bike is the worst part about my job. Um, even though I, even if you have nice waterproof gear, sometimes it's just not enough. You just get soaked to the bloody skin. <laughs> okay. And the best I'm part. Good part. Of, uh, the best part of my job is uh, is like like it said in the question, uh, you are living the dream. Although we've been warned not to think of it that way because we're not happy out. We are constantly working, uh, training, trying to get better. It, we're not. We're not. Although we have a dream job, we're not living the dream because we're still working we're still trying to get better and that can be a struggle sometimes too but at least we get to work at something that we love doing well said AJ um yeah like Ru says you know I think the answer is um already in a question like you know um we are living the dream um as Ru says we've been warned not to think this way but but that's the way it is and it's not just uh easy way of life it's kind of constant struggle balance between injuries pain laziness tiredness you know lots of things going on um but that's that's the thing that struggle makes us stronger and that's that's the nice side you know we, we like that struggle that is kind of living the dream the hardest probably part for me i think the worst is sometimes when you love karate so much and you try to to teach it and you don't see efforts, I think um, that is that is really hard, you know, for me to yeah. see people which uh, absolutely no responding or not trying, and you have to do 
everything to make them work. So yeah, I find it I find it quite quite challenging. At the same time, I understand people have different understanding and abilities. So you know, sometimes letting them go and do what they can is the only option. Worst part is um, if you annoy the boss, he gets to hit you. That's the that's, that's the worst <laughs> part. You get physical punishment, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, oh, and, uh, you can't re- reciprocate because he's too good to hit. So to hit bags so <laughs> becomes very little bit fit then. <laughs> no, uh, no, see, it's the worst part. Um, I think um, your body does take. Like I'm noticing now, like I'm uh, body, like how fatigued my body is. 100% of the time now that we're in lockdown the amount of classes the amount of karate I'm doing on a daily basis has reduced by quite a lot um, and I I now feel how much more energised and how much more <laughs> how much how uh, painless my body can actually be you know I'm not like constantly in pain that you don't even realise uh, so I think fatigue like when you're always on your feet being physical I think is the toughest part um, but that being said the best part clearly we're getting to do what we love for a living. It's not often that people get the chance to do that. So for me, it's, it's an easy, easy sacrifice to make. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel I have to kind of, uh, kind of clarify the, uh, like, as two of you have alluded to, like me saying, you shouldn't think like you're living the dream. I mean, like, what I mean by that is like, like being a homodogen instructor or being a full-time instructor, it's a huge amount of pressure to, to. Yeah. I wanted to say that too. Sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah. Well, you didn't, though, did you, Des? No, no, but it came to me later when AJ was talking. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Spencer. has his second thoughts first. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's huge amounts of pressure, right? So so kind of maintaining that level and, and consistently, like, a lot of people can muster the, the enthusiasm to kind of dedicate them li- their lives to a, a something, but it kind of peters out quite quickly. You know, they, they have these big life affirming moments and right i'm going to do this with my life and then six months later they go what sorry oh yeah yeah no that was a that was a kind of a, a passing whim so like to kind of do this consistently for not months but years decades and that that is a huge amount of pressure so you know the the only way to live your dream is to work really really super hard yeah wherever that is yeah so okay next one from steve bells to all sensei is translated generally to um as teacher but some see this as a, a deeper relationship what is your relationship to the use of sensei or instructor? And what values do you want students to take by using sensei in the future years? Do you feel sensei is used lightly in today's world? Sensei, like to say is just teacher. I think that, that kind of, you're so much more than that at times. I think like you're more <laughs> like a social worker sometimes than an actual teacher. Like um, you become someone who, like a confidant for a lot of people, um, because you are an authoritative figure who they look up to outside of, you know, their normal life and stuff that they maybe feel they can come and tell you, you know, things that they can't tell mum and dad and stuff like that. So a lot of, you know, especially young kids come to you for advice and stuff like that. Not only are you teaching them karate, but you're trying to, you know, make sure that they stay on the right track in life and all this stuff. So I think there's a lot more responsibility than just teaching that comes with being sensei. Um, I don't think that's like exclusively though. I don't think every sensei has that put on them but I think when we do it when we do it full time the way we're doing it and you build these relationships every day with people yeah you come a lot more than a teacher I think um but I think sensei like it's certainly in this dojo still carries the same respect most of the time um talking about is it is it sort of misused I think here is it carries the sort of it carries that weight when we say it and we always refer to you know each other 
at times of when you need to show respect and stuff as sensei and it's and it's very serious when we do do that. So yeah, we don't really take the word lightly. I don't think. I would say um, some people, you know, look at sensei as a as a leader, like you know, as a some kind of spiritual guru, nearly or even life coach in in in, in simple words. You know, if you're looking where it's coming from from Japan where all that hierarchy was very strong. Um, I think uh, we're still kind of trying to, to stick to that. And uh, it's kind of, I think, a little bit that line starting to disappear between sensei and teacher and instructor in some sort of ways. We still, I respect my sensei a lot. Uh, I think many people maybe sometimes even being a little bit too fanatic about that, if, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? They kind of want some sort of leader some sort of example and um and that's good if that people if it helps people you know to to become better you know and at the end of the day we want from sensei good karate like do i see those things in my sensei do i get those things in my sensei absolutely yes am i myself that i wish i will be one day you know what i mean it feels like it takes time, you know, to grow to that level to be sensitive. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't just because I signed a contract a couple of years ago. I don't expect, you know, to be called sensei and everybody bows to me, you know, mindlessly. Like so, yeah. I think I think it's more like you earn that. You know what I mean? Oh, sensei. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think because we're not Japanese, uh, we 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 make our own meaning for the word sensei. Like the huge majority of my students are between five and 12. And if I went to them and I was like, by the way, you know, sensei doesn't really mean teacher. Directly translate as one who has gone before. Mm. But they like they just know that that's what they, that, first of all, they won't get it. Second of all, for them, it's just a word that they have to call me when we're in class, the same way they have to call their teacher, teacher or miss or sir in school. Um, so, but because we don't have, we, we can't relate to the true meaning of the word sensei it becomes something new for us. And it doesn't matter what the true meaning is. What matters is the meaning that we can bring to it and the meaning that our students will give to it. So if our students are proud of us, if they respect us, uh, and if they like us, then the word sensei will evoke those kind of things for them. Um, for me, because I mostly just teach kids anyway, I'm just like the kind of fun but strict uncle that they get to see once a week. <laughs> so maybe that's what... That's what that's what sensei means for them. And for people, they come to the dojo really, really regularly, and it becomes like an outlet for them, something that something that they need for their mental health, etc. The word sensei means something completely different for them. If you're a competition, if you're a competitor, and your sensei is just your coach, somebody who pushes you, somebody who gives you the drill, somebody who shouts at you from the sidelines, that you know, whether it's karate or basketball, you form a special bond with your coach too. So we just happen to call that thing sensei. Yeah. I think the only thing I'd add is, is like the, you know, obviously sen, sen means before and say means life. So someone who's lived that life before you. And like we, we have it in, in English, like we, we have elderly statesmen or elderman, like in the, in the tribal life, you'd have uh, elderman of the, of the tribe or women uh, who are there to give them, give the kind of the, the younger people, the wisdom of the years. And like, to me, that's, that's what we should, we should try to be. And, and, I don't think it's impossible to understand or to, to not understand it just because it's in a different language. I think it's we have the same words in, in English as well. And the other thing that I think it's really important to kind of make sure that people understand that because otherwise, 
if they, if they understand that you're the, the person who's led a life before them, then they won't try to emulate you. They will just learn from you and your wisdom that you've learned on your path. Whereas if you go, I'm sensei, this is how you do it, then they try to walk your path. And, and ultimately, they're just trying to kind of copy something that's impossible. And ultimately, it'll, it'll lead in kind of uh, lead to, to them being disappointed and, and uh, failure. So I think for sure, like what we do in the dojo is is, is how we, you know, we, we just are ourselves and people call us sensei. Okay, when we're in the dojo teaching, they have to call us sensei. And then out as soon as we step out off the dojo, then they can make up their own minds. Some people continue to do it. Some people don't. But yeah, ultimately, they see us as people who are on their own journey and they're kind of coming along for the ride, but not necessarily following this, the same things we, we do, which is an important understanding of the term, I think. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do what you did, Scott. Sensei. It's also a benefit of having multiple sensei. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. OK, uh, next question. Oh, I've lost the page. Hang on. Okay, I've got my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Johnson asked, do you have a pref uh, preference or for brand or model of Karate Dogi? And does your preference change depending on whether you're training, instructing or traveling overseas? And Ross, how do you find living and teaching Karate in Ireland as opposed to Scotland? Okay. Brand of Karate Dogi, Hirotaku, the same thing I've worn for years. Before that, it was a hero to Pinak. I would definitely yeah. say hero to or Pinak. No, none of us wear heavyweight dogies. I used to have a Blitz diamond one that was like that thick. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> My mom used to go crazy. It's like, I can't fucking iron this thing. <laughs> Spending hours just grinding away the iron board trying to iron the dogie. Increases yeah. it. But I don't, I don't think anybody changes their dogies depending on what they're doing, right? No. Like, no. maybe if... Um, I do like the... I have one Adidas one that I wear if I know that I'm going to be doing, like, nothing but kumite. Okay. Because that is, like, super light. Yeah. And, and that's it's quite good. Mm -hmm. um, feels quite nice to me about it. But, other, but, yeah, if I actually wanted to do yeah. karate, karate, yeah. And uh, how do you find living and teaching in karate in Ireland rather than Scotland? Um... Well, it was a massive jump for me because I wasn't teaching professionally in Scotland to start with. So this is completely different. I wasn't a full-time dojo. I was teaching in Scotland um, at a like, leisure centre. Um, very run-down part of town. Very um, sketchy <laughs> um, compared to the the amazing spot that we have here in Ranala, you know, the, the one of the nicest parts of Dublin. So the general like vibe of the place is is so different. Um I find Irish and Scottish people very, very similar. Not a lot of difference there um whatsoever. Um and I just think the big difference is I've grown up a lot, believe it or not. Um <laughs> I've grown up a lot over here and uh, I think I've changed since being <laughs> he was like that when he started here. Yeah, you were. You were so skinny, no muscle. Where's it going? Yeah, so, all the muscle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the big, the big thing is uh, the big change isn't so much the difference between Scotland, teaching in Scotland and Ireland, but it's I'm the difference. I've changed quite a lot since being here and having some guidance uh, as well. I never really had much guidance when I started teaching in Scotland. Had a lot of help and a lot of guidance over here. Okay, uh, to all, do you have any resistance or weight training? to in support your um, of your karate or is that where tabata and tube work comes in hmm. so we have we have 
these tubes, which are, um, well, they're three one meter long physiotherapy tubes, and they're fairly, as you can see, they're fairly thick, thick rubber, uh, and, and fairly kind of hefty. And we put them, we have them three, and, uh, and we, we do a variety of exercises with these. Like, we've got a, quite a few uh, YouTube videos on my YouTube site about uh, tube training. We put tube training in, there's loads of ideas, but we use them kind of at least once a week. And then we have uh, these uh, uh, big weight vests, which are 10 kilos? 10. 10, 10 kilo weight vests. This must be risk, can't <laughs> And uh, a lot of, um, we, do, we do a lot of stuff with this. Kihon, Kumite, Kata, just kind of, even just kind of moving around, doing Kumite with 10 kilo weight vests on. Uh, a lot of uh, kind of like up and down basics, Edo Kihon we do. We also have these, these ankle weights, uh, which, you know, like just basic uh, kind of uh, ankle wrist weights. These are, what, two and a half, two and a half kilos each. And, uh, and it depends what we're doing. We'll either we'll either use one and kick fast. We put around our ankles. Either one kick fast and like you need to build up to that because you need to kind of support your, your ligaments. But uh, ultimately, you can kind of kick fast with them. Or sometimes we can have up to three on one leg and we'll do slow kicks. Maigiri, moshiri, yokiri to the count of three. So so always like first leg, first count up, second count kicking and back and third count down. We'll do that. Kind of maybe 30, 50 on each side, depending on how we're feeling. Uh, so we do that kind of three, four times a week. Anything else? Makiwara, of course. Yeah. We have uh, we have two Makiwara over over in the corner there. Uh, and we also have, let's see if, if this will kind of cope with it. We also have a, a, a little kind of coin uh, that allows us to see how, how much So if the coin moves, see if you hit it hard enough. So yeah, that's what we do, as well as Tabata interval training, which allows us to kind of produce kind of explosive parts. That's it. Let's not forget oh, we that we constantly have some sort of challenges. Uh, once in a while, we come up with something and we have a goal to master it. It could be just uh, doing uh, squats for three minutes uh, non-stop, or you remember that thing we used to do with the pole or jujitsu. Yeah. There's lots of things in between. We kind of always. Uh, finding, you know, quite challenging and funny. Okay, yeah. Anything else? Can we think of anything else that we do? We've got okay. loads of dumbbells. I use the dumbbells oh, all the oh, time. Oh, dumbbells, yeah. Yeah, we have, we have a big load of weights. Uh, lo loads of weights and um, that we use as well. Kettle but bells. I don't use they, These guys use. Yeah. Uh, to all of you, uh, maybe we could a little bit of this or make it quick, but Samuel, uh, why did you apply for the job? Uh, what did you expect and what are your future <laughs> plans? Oh, okay, that's, yeah. And also for Ross, uh, you have been in Dublin for quite a while now. Last year, you passed your Yondan, much as we all love you. When are you fleeing the nest and what are you going to do? So, Who asked that? Simon, bye. Yeah, yeah. Where's me going? I, I asked him twice. <laughs> um, well, first, first, the first one was to all of you. Um, why did you apply for the job? What did you expect? And what are your future plans? Okay, let's start with uh, Rue. I wanted to be a full-time karate instructor anyway. I was establishing a dojo down in Cork City, the real capital of Ireland. <laughs> I had already started a few classes. Is that a script? Um, the guys were looking for a new full-time instructor, so I just uh, closed, uh, I cancelled my classes in Cork and moved to Dublin. 
And what were your expectations for your future plans? Well, my expectations have been fulfilled. I wanted to, I, I, I already knew what it was like because I'd done the internship um, and I knew that it was a life I wanted to, you know, I wanted to join you guys and train every day in the dojo with you guys and travel around and teach classes uh, for the Homa Dojo. Yeah, so those were my expectations and, and they were fulfilled. Also, I knew that it would help my level a lot and it did because even the one month of the internship, I learned, I learned a bunch of stuff that I hadn't even considered and uh, I knew that, really to advance the way I wanted to, I'd need to be doing it full-time. Um, I wasn't going to get where I wanted to do, even if I had my own full-time dojo, if I didn't have um, people to, if I didn't have you guys to train with, I wasn't going to make the progress I wanted to. So I needed to be training with AJ, Ross, and Scott. Um, and then my plans for the future are top secret. <laughs> okay, AJ. No, I have... A, I've shared my plan with the guys, but I don't want to make them public because you get reward for, for something you haven't done yet. Okay, AJ. Well, um, why they apply for the job is just, I think it's a great opportunity in life to do to do what you like, what you, what you love and you have passion for. Like, you know, that's, that's uh, the thing, you know, that's why I wanted to, to change my life. I mean, I didn't know what I'm what I'm jumping into, what I'm putting myself into till I started teaching, you know, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, uh, but you know, all all I wanted to do is, is, is more what I like and, 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 you know, here I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy, you know, doing that uh, and changing my dead end job. It's, it's, it's a game changer, life changing opportunity. What I want, what I'm planning in the future, what's my plans, it's just simply, you know, to be, I want to really to become good at karate. You know, I'm, I'm kind of always, maybe recently even more, I have time to think and experiment with ideas and thoughts and everything else. I'm kind of starting to think that I may be starting to understand what karate is all about. And don't ask me what it is, because I'm still not sure how to put it in words, but just like, you know, it's kind of clicking together. So I want to become good at karate, you know, and teach good karate. Simple as that. That's all. That's all I want. Cool. Ross? Um, I've always wanted to do karate for a living. And I remember my dad came into my bedroom and said, Scott's just put a job, uh, just asking for people to apply to for a job in Dublin online. Why don't you give it a shot? And I think that happened very quickly. And I think two weeks later, I'd moved to Dublin, <laughs> so you could see he was scraping the bottle in the, the bottle of the barrel, you know. And his mum has been cursing his dad ever since. Why did you tell him? Ross has left home. Um, uh, so it's something that I've always wanted to do. And as soon as I, I saw a way of making it happen, I, you just had just had to go all in. Um, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> and in terms of like expectations, um, I I don't think I expected anything different than what happened. Really, I expected the training to be tough, which it is. I expected to get much much better at karate, which I have. Um, I expected to have to learn quickly how to teach um, to the same standards that were already set in the dojo, um, which was a challenge. But um, over time, I think it worked out really well. So yeah, in terms of uh, training stuff, I couldn't be. No, <laughs> I was I couldn't have been happier at the time, and still very happy. Um, in terms of the future, um, I am currently um, dating a very beautiful American girl um, who's over in the states just now. Uh, is she watching? Is that I, why you said that? I don't think she is. You know that? I don't think she is. Um, she doesn't. Care. 
Ross's online, whatever. <laughs> but um, so yeah, date a very beautiful girl um, who's in the states just now. We've been doing long distance for it's been three years now. Um, so the plan is to, I think, eventually move over to the states and start a dojo in her neck of the woods. So that's the plan. We'll see how well that goes. Yeah. For all the instructors, what are the main areas of interest at the moment with regards to your own personal uh, study within training? Flexibility. Flexibility, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> AJ, we should kind of speed up the answers a little bit. Yeah. We never get through them all. I think, I think, you know, there's so much improvement, so much room for improvement for any any levels, unless you six dance cut Langley. Um, so, you know, I'm <laughs> working... <just> you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on, the, on many things, you know, it's kind of organic, not like I, I have planned. Recently, you know, I just thought, you know, I, I'm going to, as a challenge, staying home, I just printed, uh, take a hand on, you know, those drawings, how to do, and I was trying to figure out and I was working on that because it was most annoying kata, you know, because uh, some of us do it 200 miles an hour and, and none of us can catch up. Uh, anyway, so those little goals, like, you know, some week I, I'm working, I'm thinking about one aspect, like, like relaxation, maybe other week working on uh, zanshin, on like focusing, you know, just simply being aware of what you're doing. When I was preparing for my last grading, I, I was kind of more focused on, on grading syllabus itself. So I was obsessed about that, you know what I mean? And it's always kind of, you know, like a short answer, karate is... Uh, never-ending journey that's that's what it is you know i'm trying to find just now ways of connecting basic kihon to how i naturally punch and kick things and what parts of kihon am, am i using to to do things practically with power speed all the rest of it so just now i'm i'm messing about with that a lot especially with in my own time well i think i think I just kind of, I don't really work on anything apart from I just, um, I allow the, to, I don't want to, I don't want to get all Rick on about this, but I, you know, if you're quiet and you're just open, then you, the muse comes and you kind of are inspired by uh, the, you know, the, you know, inspiration is the breath of God. That's what it means. And so like you, you, like if you're quiet and you're just kind of open to ideas. And I think like this lockdown as for me has been, I found exceptionally creative, an exceptionally creative uh, period where I've like, you know, writing far more, I've written for a while and, and kind of training far more and also kind of teaching, like playing about with like lots of different ideas and and they're kind of coming out in, in the in the weekend seminars. Not. So uh, I am not ever focused on anything until it kind of decides to focus on me, if that sounds uh, less pretentious than I wanted to sound. But um, yeah. Really pretentious. Yeah, it does sound really pretentious. <laughs> Well, that's kind of typical, isn't it? As soon as I get a question for myself, it cuts out. Put the nunchaku down. <laughs> I was just gonna, I was just gonna pose like this when the, when the live thing came up again and go, and that's how, and that's how Bruce Lee would do it. Anyway, <laughs> right. A question for me, Jesus, from Lisa. Andrews. To Scott Sensei, since karate training has changed recently and we've all now training via Zoom, I have enjoyed learning and found it interesting whilst training with different instructors across the UK and the world. 
is this something that can continue once normal training resumes? Asking for Ella, aged 11. Um, so, yeah, uh, yes. Okay, next question. No, uh, we are we're gonna what we're gonna do is uh, like kind of obviously we scrambled very quickly to kind of get stuff online and doing things like this and just keeping busy and keeping these three out of mischief. Uh, but once we're back up and running again, obviously the Zoom classes um, will be uh, difficult. Um, certainly, I'll be if travel is allowed, I'll be back traveling most weekends. These guys will be teaching, blah blah blah. But what we do want to do is set aside one adult class in the evening per week um, and or maybe on a Saturday or a Sunday um, and one uh, morning session like instructor session uh, once a week we'll set them aside and they will be broadcast live through Zoom uh, and they will be automatically uploaded to the HDKI um, uh, website and, and probably YouTube um, and so that will provide a kind of uh, on-demand both instructional class once a week and a hard physical class once a week uh, just because it like what doing things like this have become so positive uh, that we don't want to lose that also I really like this kind of um, Facebook living through Zoom and it, it means like I've done loads of Facebook lives over the years with people you know like this asking questions blah 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 but like now it means that we can do it we don't have to be in the same place um, and so, like I did one last weekend with uh, Ricardo Sensei from Mexico, the weekend before with uh, uh, Aidan Trimble Sensei from Nottingham. It's great. Yeah, it's a real good medium. So, so for sure, in one way, one form or another, we will continue this. Okay, next. Uh, for Scott. I'm on a roll. <laughs> I'm not going to cut off. Uh, since the foundation of the HKI has the style of Shutkan uh, that you are practicing and teaching uh, changed or developed in any way uh, from what is be it began as? Uh, yes, he changes the cat as all the time. <laughs> <laughs> question for me. Well, let me just address that. <laughs> there are no absolutes. There are we want to maximize the spectrum of possibility within everything that we do. So to be fixated and dictated in what you do, I think will limit the art that you can create. So I, you know, ebb and flow in my own karate and depending on what I'm doing, I'll say, no, do it this way. But these guys take it as absolutes. Oh, Scott Sensei, I, I must do it that way. And so they practice that way. I never say it like that. Sensei, that's the first know. time you've admitted that you changed it. I don't change. <laughs> Before I was, I've changing. always taught it this way. I've always taught it this way. <laughs> nonsense. Absolute nonsense. But within the straightness, there are curves. Within the straightness, ah. there is movement. And within the movement, there is stillness. If you already oh. understood that. Okay. Rue, Ross, AJ's fine, lucky staying quiet. And he always does, and then he messages me later, like, I totally agree with you, Ross. So, to ask the question, like, I think that my karate has always been developed. Like, first of all, I, I don't necessarily think that I do Shotokan karate. Um, yeah, of course, Shotokan is the language that I use to convey information, but uh, I don't really, I don't really put much value in. Shotokan karate, I don't really put much value in karate. Um, I, I don't really put much value in any specific generic martial art. Like, I 
um, you know, I don't want to get all pretentious again, but like, I feel like I'm a martial artist and I just turn up to a dojo and I'm me and I do me. I don't do anything else. I don't try to emulate Kagawa Sensei's Karate or Kato Sensei's Karate or Asai Sensei's Karate. There's too much of that. There's too much of people trying to cut and paste their Sensei's Karate and they come up as second-rate copies. Like, it's much better to be half as good and authentic than try to emulate someone who was brilliant. So, so for sure, um, you should. I, I, I'm not trying to copy or do anything, and I don't, I don't fit myself into that box. Um, and as a result, like it's constantly changing. Art, by definition, is forever changing, forever developing and evolving. You know, to have a traditional martial art is oxymoronic. Moronic. You can't be traditional, which is set and fixed, and art or artists. You know, you, you know, you can have a martial art, or you can have tra- traditional martial studies. But you can't have traditional martial arts. So uh, I'm a traditional. I'm I'm a martial artist. So therefore, my Shotokan, uh, well, the language I use to convey it is through Shotokan, uh, is forever changing. So what what started that was just my desire to um, enjoy my journey. Like God, if I was practicing the same stuff I was just practicing five years ago or ten years ago, or you know, I would be very bored because you're just repeating and you're not improving or doing anything. I know it's not a Q and A, but like talking about not being a copy of your sensei, like um, many people maybe would think they need to do things different way. Do you mean it's just that some part of shuhari when you develop some sort of uh, karate level, then only you can understand and maybe do it your way or what exactly do you mean you know not to copy because we do copy you like copying the principles is fine but copying the shapes or copying the training patterns or or not being able to loop out of those training patterns you know like like there's a there's a number of things that you all do that maybe starts with a kernel of what i've done or what i've taught or what i've i've said and then eventually morphs into something else. And the, and the longer you train and the more you teach, the more that will morph into your own unique take and, and understanding of it. So, like, it's not as if you're kind of getting on a, you know, on a, a weekday night um, and teaching verbatim what I've taught. Um, you know, you, you're putting your own slant on it. And so you, you only want to, you know, if you evolve a millimeter past what I've kind of evolved to, then you've evolved more. So, like, I, I, I want, you know, I want everyone to kind of find their own way. And that means you're going to evolve in different ways and different. And that might mean that sometimes, you know, you, you might disagree with what I'm doing. Well, that, that in that disagreement is the beauty of, of martial arts. You know, if everyone was on the same, same kind of uh, path and doing the same thing, it'd be really mundane and boring. You know, like every instructor, I had once remember Einar Hagen, who's the uh, instructor over in Iceland, um, come over to teach and and he was driving to the dojo and he said to me, he says, oh, what do you want me to teach this weekend? I was like, well, anything you want, you know? He goes, well, you know, I, I have to say, I, I disagree with quite a few things that you teach. And I was like, excellent, teach them. That's what I want you to teach. I don't want you to teach what I teach. I could I can teach that myself. So for sure, we, we want to have a look at like different ideas and different aspects and and see what we we um, we agree on, disagree on, and you know you have the thesis and you have the antithesis, and in between is the synthesis. Synthesis. <laughs> Words of wisdom. <laughs> Next question. Next question. 
I'm wasted on you guys. No, we just hear that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two all from Amanda. Two all during lockdown. What have you found uh, works really well in your training and teaching in confined spaces? And what do you think would work really well but had to be adapted? What works really well in a confined space? Yeah. Uh, like, you don't actually need that much room to do karate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, now, just about everything still works. The one thing that's that's missing just now is committee. Yeah? committee, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, every, we can still do everything else, really. Yeah. And I, I think, for my, my impression, uh, I'm certainly looking at people teach online, is they're trying to fit the generic karate shapes into a confined space. And so they're trying to do, they're thinking, oh, how can we do Hian Shodan? And so they come up with inventive uh, ways of doing Hian Shodan on the spot. Well, that's fine, and I understand. But to me, they're still thinking about shapes of karate rather than thinking about, well, what's really important about Hian Shodan? Well, you know, maybe driving into Hamney or driving into Showman or or having that kind of complete connection. Well, you can practice that in one step. And so I think at the moment, when you see karate as shapes, when you see Shotokan as 26 kata, Gohon Kumite, Kionipon Kumite, Juipon, Ju Kumite, and Ido Kihon combinations. Once you see, if you only see Shotokan as that, then you'll go, oh, I'm in a confined space, therefore I can't practice karate. But if you see karate as a as a whole host of principles of physical movement, then just you can practice that by moving, you know, half a step forward. Let alone kind of the the space that most people have. Okay, uh, Paul Oren says question for Ross, Rue, and AJ. I study karate outside of work time. As karate is your work, do you still study it and other martial arts in your spare time? If so, please explain what you are studying and working on. Okay, well, it's kind of ask for quick 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 fire answers yes okay i'll i'll admit <laughs> i'll admit i'm not watching i'm not training uh, other martial arts and i'm not saying it's good um at the same time i feel like all time i would be doing something else i want to do karate um like i generally have general idea how taekwondo people fighting what's more or less going on in um, mixed martial arts uh judo I mean, and I'm saying that they have a great way of training and, and you know, the amazing, amazing fighters. But at the same time, it would bring some benefit, definitely knowing more in, in different martial arts. I want to focus just on karate. At the same time, I'm not trying to be the best fighter and, and be able to, to win against any martial artists. You know what I mean? I just want to be good at karate. I do in my own time dabble in different things like if there's whether it be you know doing different training drills like box, more boxing style of head movement stuff like that the things that you kind of you would see karate at a very basic levels missing um, I'll look at videos and stuff in my own time um, and try and implement that like I do I come in on a Friday myself and I do some work or I'll have the boys there and we'll maybe do some different way like Rue myself do it quite a bit we'll work on try different things and stuff that we probably don't get the opportunity to do when we're doing a, when we're teaching ourselves yeah or training as a as a group in the mornings and stuff where we're dedicated to karate and that sort of craft and um, kind of we step outside of the sort of norm a little bit and um, that's probably 
the most um, adventurous I get. Yeah, I think our schedule doesn't give us a lot of time to go out and actually go to classes like other martial arts classes like Taekwondo or Muay Thai or BJJ or whatever we wanted to do. But we get together on our own time and we can apply things that we've learned from having cross-trained in the past. Like, past. like everyone knows Ross Sensei has done a lot of MMA training. I've done a bit of Muay Thai and also BJJ. So when we're having a pad session or a sparring session with the gloves on, we're applying more really stuff that we learned from those instructors. Uh, but also a lot of it just, just boiled down to principles and karate. So when we, we once recorded a podcast after one of our sparring sessions, and I was like, what are we doing anyway? Are we doing kickboxing? Are we doing Muay Thai? Are we doing boxing? And Ross says, we're just doing karate. It's just we happen to be wearing gloves and we happen to be kicking each other's legs, which is never done in Kumite for some reason. Um, so, yeah, we do train outside of the normal schedule. I do weight sessions as well, and I do yoga very badly. Let's not not forget that we have opportunity once a month to train with uh, Jonathan, which is Pyokushin classes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and that's actually a totally different story. Like we're always trying to do some sort of kicks uh, or punches one way and uh, we're getting a chance to, to try to do it completely different way. So, yeah, we're kind of getting a chance to try that other spectrum of, of, of possibilities. And, and this is great. You know, it definitely has benefit. Yeah. And that uh, was provided by Sensei Scott, because uh, Jonathan is uh, Scott's uh, friend as uh, Spiral Dino. Yeah. Also, like, we're trying to kind of implement that sense of sending, like, we're gonna go, you're going to train with Peter Constein Sensei yeah. uh, yeah. at some point this year, Makoto Kai, for example. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, we try to, within the busy schedule of the Hombo Dojo, facilitate stuff like that, yeah. Okay, um, we have to speed up, guys. Loads of questions, yeah. and we've already been going an hour. So, uh, what do you, all three of you, what do you think your role is in developing the HDKI? My role is when Ross gonna be gone, and I'm gonna murder Ru, I'm gonna become favorite student of Scott Langley. <laughs> <laughs> you had it here first, folks. Uh, no, I think that, like uh, develop our role in the development of the HDKI is to develop ourselves. And through being good karateka and good people, we'll make the HDKI a great organization. Yeah, I think compared to what's be kind and teach good karate, like I think that, I mean, what can we do except try and be, like you say, develop ourselves to be the best selves that we can be and then try and share all the, the sort of knowledge and insight that we've got from, from working in the dojo. And, and when we eventually do, as Simon Sensei said, fly the nest and leave, just try and, uh, you know, take some of that with us and, and be able to to like evolve, you know, that spirit of Shuhari evolve into, and create our own sort of little special thing. How does it go in the dojo-kun? Seek perfection of character? One, she is that the wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, to all, what age did you become black belts? Uh, how did you balance schoolwork, uh, karate training, and downtime in the run up to getting your black belts? Uh, that's for Alina, age nine. Just trying to I was 17. Just coming up to take my A levels. And uh, I, uh, like, I never missed a training session for my entire high school and university studies. And for me, like, it was the best kind of comparison because 
like I remember I've said this story before, but I remember I was I was sat on the uh, the the steps going into the uh, into the the examination hall in my finals at university, and I was like had my hands in my head and I was like you know like this waiting, and uh, my friend came up to me and said, Scott, don't, don't worry, because like, it was the finals, most stressful. It's like don't don't be too. Uh, too stressed out you know it's going to be fine I was like oh no no sorry I'm fine I was just I was training all weekend I'm knackered you know uh, I'm just kind of like resting because because I, I like I had no fear of the exams because I had to go and fight monsters in the dojo every single night so I, I karate for me was the perfect comparison balance to the stresses of normal life exams etc and also there's one thing easily provable that is good to to help your mental health and also your learning ability and that's physical exercise so um yeah age and yeah i i was 11 so um like i say i never missed a training session but um at 11 i balanced in the school work and stuff wasn't a massive issue because um i was 11 i don't even, I don't even remember what i was doing at school <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah, just uh, go to school and then four four nights a week was karate time, and uh, I just made sure I trained really hard every karate session, um, and it, and if you if you're doing that, especially like you know at a young age, if you're just training training hard to key, go into training, don't be lazy, and you know everything kind of works itself out. You take you take, manage to balance time and and stress very well, I think. If you have that again, physical exercise, that sort of mantra of going to the dojo and training hard makes everything a little bit easier. Quick, quick answers. Hurry up. Yes. Uh, I was 24 when I got my black belt. It was only four years ago. And before that, I had been a career brown belt. I'd been a first queue for 11 years. And then I, uh, oh yeah, about balancing time and stuff. I was only working part time. I was living in Dublin. I was working part time in a toy shop. I was demonstrating toys and, and doing children's birthday parties. And I was living in a house with like nine people. So my rent was very cheap, so I didn't have to work a lot. So I was going to karate training a lot um, and like playing music on the weekends and stuff. And those are my, that's how I, I just had a lot of time for karate. <laughs> he's a waster. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I am totally opposite of you guys. Uh, I don't have that, uh, most inspiring perfect story like I, I started karate when i was uh, probably 12 i think or something like that so i got my black belt when i was uh, 30 years old balancing between work and and training karate was quite quite challenging uh, but uh, at the same time it was the best part of my day probably like monday morning people were grumpy like having those monday monday bad moods i I was excited because I knew I'm gonna have a good training in the evening. Uh, I was absolutely tired, uh, wrecked, and angry. <laughs> Still am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know, when I found Humble Dojo, kind of everything clicked clicked together. It saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There we go. Um, okay, uh, guys, quick answers. Okay, quick answers. Okay, you're just as bad. <laughs> okay, I'm combining two questions now. This is from Simon Sensei. Uh, what are your thoughts on karate in Japan? Did you or do you still dream of living and training in Japan? Would you have liked a crack at doing the instructor's course over there? Uh, can you tell us about the Hikikai Intensive Program and especially you as Humber Dojo instructors, your role on relationship with the internees? 
Uh, how much pressure do you put on them and how is it expressed? Well, it's a long question. Okay, who wants who wants to... Well, you two haven't been to Japan. <laughs> Sorry, I so You can't answer it. Uh, what do you think about crossing Japan? Um, I think that uh, the instruction there isn't any different than what we get here. If anything, we get better instruction in the dojo than, we, than I ever have over in Japan. Okay. Uh, who wants to do the, uh, the JKJKS instructor's course? Um... I would have loved to have done it, but I understand now that there's no need to put yourself through that kind of trauma to get good at karate. Exactly. Agreed. AJ? Literally the same, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't actually go through the same as you did. I mean, uh, you probably didn't know what you're putting yourself into, but I would be afraid. <laughs> okay. Uh, HDKI Intention Program. I'll tell you, HDKI Intention Program is that we uh, we allow any uh, HDKI member uh, to come and train in the Hombu Dojo and stay here, live. Uh, they uh, they train in the morning classes with the instructors and the evening classes taught by uh, the, the instructors. Um, and they also assist um, the kids' classes uh, for a whole month and they get paid uh, 400 euro for the month to help with their food. So training is free, accommodation is free. They get money for their food, uh, but they train hard. Um, how do you put pressure on them? Um, you kind of just make sure, like, because there is days, like, like especially if you're not used to the teaching schedule or the training schedule, they, f- they get fatigued, they get tired, you see they're, they're slipping, and you just try and help motivate them to, to make sure that they keep their energy up and they keep pushing themselves as hard as they can. Because they're here for the month, you want them to get the most out of it the month. Train hard does that. Hey, Jane, you going to say something? Well, when I say, you know, maybe people listening and thinking we're putting some sort of pressure, like planning how we're going to put pressure on how we're going to break them. Uh, there's no such a thing at all going on. It's kind of everything happening organically. And, you know, if we if we encourage them one way or another to train harder or even they have injuries or feel like, you know, they don't want to, just uh, at the end of the day, we're kind of trying to to get the best out of them. And, you know, that's what happens. You know? It's definitely the friendliest living student program in, in the world. I remember, remember last day, Kevin... Of Kevin's training, the last training day Kevin had, he was sitting down, and I came in and he said, "He's not training today. He's injured." And I was like, <laughs> "Starts giving Kevin some abuse." And I just said, "Listen, we know you're hurt. We know you're injured. We're not going to ask you to do a thousand punches. Just get on the dojo and hit the makiwara and just say that you trained every day on the internship." And he was like, "Just go on the fucking dojo." And he was like, "Okay, we'll go makiwara for for an hour." And I was like, "There you go." Don't you yeah. feel better? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, <right. laughs> okay, speaking of Kevin, Jane Curry asks, uh, to all instructors, where would you like to be uh, in your karate careers in five years from now? No. That's top secret. It's top secret. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> AJ. I just simply want to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, and see where I get. You know, I want to stay healthy to get stronger and better, and, and that's all. Ross, um, I would like in five years to have my own dojo in the States. Um, yeah, that would be a good place in five years. Um, I I think in five years' time, Ross will have left, gone to America. Rue, it's all right, we'll, we'll still see you. Uh, Rue will have uh, uh, fulfilled his secret plan of uh, eating a Big Mac. And um, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go away from vegetarianism. Um, and 
uh, so it'll be me and AJ in the dojo, and hopefully um, Caitlin and Carl, who are two junior black belts assistants, kind of help out. Uh, they are going to hopefully start full time in the next uh, three, four, two, three, four years, um, and AJ will be the the uh, the elderly statesman, and I will take a step back, and he can he can force it into, yes. into shape <laughs> become the favorite yes i will be here to be favorite I'll, I'll have a, a more kind of mentorship role you know well, you'll have to choose who your favorite is Adrian, yeah so. you can choose who your favorite yeah. Yeah. those turns i'm going to be my own favorite <laughs> <laughs> okay uh what was the most again from jane we'll do one more from jane uh what was the most discouraging time in your karate journey how did you get through it Ooh, oh, that's <laughs> building. Uh, As that's building up to my nidan. Yeah, tell. Yeah, tell the lead up to my nidan was hell. Ah, it wasn't hell. It wasn't. J it wasn't JKS Hanbu or anything. I thought we were very nice to you. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't about good. I'm not. I'm not blaming anyone. Like I'm not saying you guys were being horrible to me. It's um, it was internal pressure as well. All uh, right. Yeah, and the training was hard. Like I was, I was training hard and. I was struggling to overcome a few certain things. And yeah, I was like, I was awake at nights, crying. Jeez, did it help? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got my knee down. Okay. <laughs> a miracle. Um, AJ. Well, I didn't have any, some sort of a big event or some uh, accident or something which would made me rethink everything but you know it's always some sort of struggle sometimes you know like life goes up and down everything goes up and down so sometimes karate as well sometimes you have that belief i have that belief that uh, i'm starting to understand something i'm starting to maybe move a little bit uh, better and seeing kind of hope light in the tunnel sometimes i feel like it was just illusion you know what i mean and having negative thoughts about uh, karate in general so yeah, it's just that up and down struggle. But you know, with training, I think it's it's more or less you kind of starting to trust in yourself and understand more things and become become a little bit better. So that's 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 all. You know what I mean? I don't have big problems. <laughs> um, not a tough time. Fifteen. I won't get into the details. But when I was fifteen, um, crappy politics, um, unfortunate circumstances, and stuff kind of. It made me lose a really close friend, make me lose another, like losing close friends and being forced to leave certain places and, and having to find new places to train and stuff um, from circumstances that at 15 I didn't really have any control of. But for some reason, I found myself being a very much in the center of and being part of it, which was very, it was a very weird and strange time, yeah. But it's a bit personal, a bit depressing. So let's not go into it. Swiftly moving on. Um, I, I, I just say, like, my, I, um, yeah, 23 years ago, I snapped my ACL, my anterior crucial ligament, told I would never do karate again. When I said an operation, I didn't. I kind of um, uh, fought back, blah, blah, blah. But um, I think anything like that, it's, uh, you know, if it doesn't kill you, you know, I don't want to quote Nietzsche, but like, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Like, things, hardship and, and, and adversity can be times of, of huge innovation and creativity. And I know after after I snapped my ACL, my karate radically changed. Had to, but then it, you know it, it it got 
my ACL got, you know, my knee, my ACL didn't get better, but my knee got stronger. I could start to move a little bit like I did previously, but then also had a whole new way of moving that I developed because of my ACL. So um, I think any sort of adversity, not all of it, but a lot of adversity can help you to kind of uh, find new ways, which is very productive. Okay, quick one. Uh, what is, uh, with so many different uh, options for people wanting to learn self-defense, MMA, Krav Maga, etc., is Bonkai still important to karate? If so, it is more or less important than being able to do a pretty technically pretty technically perfect kata. And is it important? Should we drill it as much uh, as we do with Kihon? Okay, first of all, um, is it important to do a pretty and technically perfect kata? Yes. I mean, pretty pretty is, is you know, like a, a bit of a, um, a funny term. Like, But technically, per, nothing's perfect, but a, a good technical kata is important because it, it shows you have body control uh, and you can, you can you understand the nuances of physical intelligence. So, so certainly being able to do technically good kata is really important. Um, I think there's a big difference between the superficial pretty kata and technically good kata. Uh, being on, on, being able to understand how to technically use your body uh, is super important, um, and that that produces different visual, different superficial techniques. So one person's technically good technique, and therefore kata will be very different from someone else's because their bodies are very different. So, so but I think being able to do good technical kata is, is really important. Is bunkai important? Well, yeah, I, I think it, it is important to understand. Um, bunkai, I think, comes from and understanding that that you're moving in a spectrum of, of possibility. So, so you know, you're not just focusing on that end point. And like to be kind of really basic, you know, a punch can have you know validity right the way through the arc of movement. And it's not just that that last bit there. In fact, you could argue that the last bit is the least important aspect of that whole movement. So I think um, understanding every nuance of your movements, not the shapes, but the movements that you do. Um, then naturally leads to understanding the possibilities of what bunkai can do. The only one thing about bunkai I'd say is that that we are trying to reverse engineer. Um, like a lot of people say, well, that would never work. Saying, well, if someone threw a hook punch, you know, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do that technique. That would never work. But the forgetting that, well, we're constrained by the shapes of the movement. If we're if we're doing you know, if we're doing kind of magic amai and we decide that like someone kind of does a hook punch, we block and cover and, and attack in. Well, you know, they could say that would never work. You should just do this. Well, we can't just do that because that's not the kata. So I think um I think Bunkai forces you down uh, a very narrow path of trying to see all the nuance within those specific movements. And that in itself gives you a greater understanding and, and physical intelligence. So yes, bunkai is important, but certainly not these generic shapes of, you know, you do that and I do that, but uh, they're, they're just equally as superficial as the beautiful kata. So um, that answer the question, or have I just rambled? No, that's the perfect. I think, I think that the bunkai is closing the gap between being pretty and being functional. You know what I mean? If you know exactly what you're doing, you move different. If you're just making magic kamaya and you don't know what the function of it, you're doing it different way. Uh, this is for all of you. Do you ever get self-conscious stood in front of, uh, with everyone looking at you and each with their own explanation, um, expectations? 
we do a thing called Kangeko, where we're forced to teach in front of all the seniors in the dojo. And it doesn't matter what you teach, they are <laughs> taking the piss 100% of the time. So you, you get thick skin, you get used to it. Because <laughs> that's the sort of gauntlet for any first sort of year as an instructor is if you can get through a Kangeko lesson. It's adverse therapy. You know, it's like it's like you know. At some point, we're going to introduce spiders into the dojo <laughs> just to get you used to being close to spiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, adverse therapy. <laughs> um, I did. Like, I remember the first course that I done abroad, and I was, you know, obviously very nervous first time doing it. Mm. Um, I did get very nervous. I was very self conscious. But then once I started teaching, because I teach, you know, every day, and you're teaching seniors in the dojo every day. Um, and then, like, I sort of hit my stride, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, this is just like teaching the dojo." So once you got, once I got over that initial, you know, hump of like fear, it just it was just like teaching in the dojo normally. And uh, ever since then, I've always looked at it from that way. So I don't get nervous anymore or anything like that. But first time, yeah. AJ, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's like uh, some sort of therapy in small ways. You know, we have those uh, morning training episodes when. Uh, uh, Scott is just uh, we call it feel good uh, day and Scott is just watching and, and uh, it's uh, really really hard to do everything correct uh, just because of that kind of pressure of attention sometimes you maybe even perform worse or you know but it's kind of uh, making you stronger in a way you kind of learn how to accept criticism you know what I mean you kind of uh, not being afraid just to go and do it uh, instead of being afraid and uh, doing bad way just you know just let it go and yeah, that's a part of the training, I think, in karate, getting feedback. Rudy, do you answer? No. He said no. Uh, no. no, I said no. No, no because I, if, if you're not, like, if I'm teaching a bunch of people, like, uh, first first time or two, maybe I was nervous of teaching senior grades, but then I just decided I wouldn't try and overreach. I'd just teach something I know how to do. I know I can do it well and teach stuff that I know is correct. I mean, I think... Um, I think like when I when I teach a, a seminar, I, like it doesn't really matter what it is, you know, like um, a small seminar or a, or a, a big seminar, um, and even to some extent, kind of when I'm teaching the kind of the senior classes in the evening here, um, there is a, a level of well, you know, nervousness and excitement is the same feeling. It's just it just depends on what you describe it as. Am I feeling nervous or am I feeling excited? And like generally, feel is feeling is that I. If I don't get that kind of butterfly, like not so much here, but like certainly on courses, like if I don't get that kind of butterfly, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, getting on, on, I'm about to kind of get on stage type thing, uh, then, then, uh, if it wasn't there, then I don't think I'd do a good job. I think I need to have that little essence of, of, uh, I really need to kind of up my game and, and you know, perform, because ultimately, as, as teachers who are, you know, teaching something physical, we have to perform. Uh, we can't we can't just do it through kind of verbal communication so so you have to kind of kind of that that kind of nervousness excitement almost like primes my body and i, f I feel more energetic ready to go you know so um yes i i still feel it i wouldn't say i wouldn't describe it too much as nervousness but i still feel it and and i am long may that continue Okay, well, I think an hour and a half of boring people uh, is, is plenty, but there's still loads of people watching. So so to everybody who's watching, uh, thank you very much. Rue, final last words. Um, 
Oh, I was about to do Jesse and Camp there. Good luck, train hard, and have fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. No, um, uh, you know, I, thanks for your interest. I suppose I hope we provided uh, answers that were somewhat satisfying and and hopefully a little bit entertaining. AJ, thank you for uh, for listening. Of course, uh, what I want to say, you know, use your karate to fight that um, virus. You know, and stay strong. Use self-defense to stay healthy, mentally unhappy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was going to say something completely different. <laughs> uh, I'll say thank you very much for uh, the questions, guys. Um, uh, hopefully, we, we, didn't, we didn't bore you too much. Um, but thanks for watching. Thanks for asking. Uh, stay safe and keep training. <laughs> Uh, I have nothing to say because I'm not going to try to pretend to have some wisdom in the final words. I think I've done that plenty enough so far. I've just come across it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Leave them guys. more. Um, and, uh, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Okay, Oz, take care.